I'll take permission to um, me and the joint investigation team to use the affidavit for the analysis and reporting of the crimes committed against victims. And it's very important the, rep the reports shall not identify me by name. Okay, and then the final sentence says that you give permission for pages 293, the anonymous bit, to be published online. Okay, so anybody who uses this template has full control over how their data can legally be used. Okay, and that is very, very important, especially for targeting victims who have been human trafficked or medically trafficked in other ways. So for me, what's important is that this is entirely aimed at court cases, which is why it contains an oath at the very beginning, then it's a, it's a tick box format, and I'll explain why in a moment, and at the very end, people sign this under a statement of truth, okay, and the signature should be witnessed by a person entitled to administer oath, and it's all explained in the um, explanatory notes. You can find a person who can witness a signature. Uh, very easily, it can be a notary public or it can even be an employee at the bank. In some countries, even the post office can witness signatures and your local council can do it. And typically, it shouldn't cost more than $5 to do. So it's very simple and everybody has done it. But here's the clincher. As soon as you do that and you write something under oath and you have your signature witness, that is basically a document that you can use in court um, anywhere in the world certainly anywhere in the English-speaking world, okay? It counts as that, right? So what you're saying then, Catherine, is that should we open a case in the United States, all of these documents will be usable again? Absolutely, absolutely. And the other thing that victims um, should know is that what, what we are saying is they are very welcome to fill out the affidavit template and send it to us. Number one, for our education that we understand the crimes. Number two, that we can actually do a last analysis on, on them and write reports that we can send to police, to governments, to, um, you know, as expert testimonies to courts. This is our, you know, knowledge base. But also, they, can, they would become, if they send it to me specifically, they, I would submit it in my court case as a witness testimony and ask for a protective injunction for these people as as my witness. Okay, so that is kind of a, a benefit that people would get. So they would be noted by the court as a testifying witness, and um, you know you are entitled to protection um, uh, by the court. But the final um, step that people need to realize is that they don't even have to send us the affidavit. If they want to be stay private and they don't want to communicate with us and they don't want to um, be part of my court case, that is okay too. But then, even then, they benefit from filling out the affidavit because they can fill out the affidavit and download all the other affidavits that I have published already, which are documents under oath, which they can download and use as supporting evidence for their own private court case without telling anybody about it. So. You know, whichever way um, people want to use it, they get a lot of benefit this way. And um, let me just share my screen one more time and take people to the um, to the point where they can uh, do it. So in a sense, what I'm publishing is this document, but I strip the final page, which has the signatures on, you know, for the statement of truth, and I strip the first page, I'm going to scroll up to the first page here, which has the name and the address of the um, of the victims, okay? 
But what I'm publishing is the anonymous bit, which is just, you know, tick boxes. Yeah, that shows what offenses have been committed, how frequently, and so on and so on. And this affidavit template contains every single offense that I've ever come across being reported by the victim. It's meant to be completely all inclusive. Now, if you fill out this affidavit template, I'm just going to click the back button a couple of times. So this was the appeal for affidavits. And if I go back a page, here on the joint investigation team website, below the appeal, you'll get the section international affidavits. And here you can download, at the moment there are 42 affidavits under oath here. You can download every single one, but actually since then I've received, I think, over 60. So over the coming uh, days and weeks, I'll upload many more affidavits. And in a sense, you can go now and click on any of these, uh, click on the PDF, and you already have, you know, these things filled out that you can use. And what I did also is that I, at the very top of this page, because the signatures and the oaths have been stripped, I have wrote, written a document where I say that every single affidavit that appears on this website has been submitted to me with uh, a signed statement of truth under oath and with a witness signature, okay? So here again, you have my signature and you can actually use this document in court to prove that the, the supporting evidence that you are showing is valid, okay? And should the court have a problem with that, they can contact me and ask me, you know, for the proof. So what I really tried to do is cover all the bases and ensure that victims have, number one, complete protection of their privacy, you know, um, but can benefit from each other's testimonies, you know, by just having the anonymous part of each other's um, victim affidavit. So that, that's the idea. Now, this is the affidavits that um, Bill was talking about, and um, you two already mentioned that we're working on getting more forensic and scientifically valid evidence. But Genuinely, what we all three are struggling with is that at the moment, we're not even sure ourselves how exactly to measure it. So in the background, we are running little scientific experiments to try to measure various things. And we're trying, we're hoping to learn, you know, a bit more. And, in, you know, in this department, I'm really benefiting from Kirk's input because he has all this knowledge about how to measure rate of frequencies and has a lot of experience with antennas and power and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, and I would add, Catherine, that um, I would share with your viewers uh, the recent experiment you did uh, with Bill uh, to actually manifest audibly sound that you can't hear with a sonic pulse weapon that occurs below human audio range, which I just confirmed is between 20 cycles or 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz. But this occurs below that, so you don't hear it unless you bring some other element into the beam and it hits it. So I'd love you to tell that story with both of you told me. Yeah, I, I mean, you can you know, you can, as um, add in, you know, the, the details that I miss out. In a sense, what I did is I was trying to show um, Bill. Um, so uh, he, uh, he and I, we met up and we ran this experiment together. 
And what I did is I was trying to make audible uh, and demonstrate the effect of these positive projectiles because I'm being shot by them wherever I go, in every single hotel room, wherever I stay. So um, we put up these huge aluminum panels and sure, sure enough, as soon as I sit down or lie down pretending to rest, I'll get attacked. So what Bill noted is that, um, I think it's fair to say you can confirm this, right? If I'm correct, if I say something wrong, but we heard, um, in, in fact, we also saw the impact of these pulse energy projectiles on the foil. We saw that and we heard it, but we also heard loud thud impact sounds as these shots were being fired into the walls around us. Can you confirm that, Bill? Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Thing, you know, having to deal with, but it, it really helps having people like you on board. Yeah, well, I, I'm pleased to do it. And we have 
Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. My guest had a dream where he saw the second revolutionary and civil war. He saw the history of the United States, but not from our perspective, from God's perspective. It was shockingly different. He saw our history, past, present, and future. Interested? Is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Can we tap into ancient secrets of the supernatural? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Is God ready to bring a tsunami wave of healing onto planet Earth today? Sid Roth has spent over 40 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Rick Joyner. You are known as a man that has prophetic dreams. Uh, you had a dream that resulted in. That's great to hear, Robert. You know, just this note from God. Um, bringing a few brains together to create a brain net or a hive mind. It's very interesting, and you're suggesting that, you know, scientists get into this because it's... Uh So hello um, everybody and welcome back to my channel. I have the advanced military technology and I think it should also be emphasized that it certainly is out of my prior knowledge um, and I've, well, I've worked in high energy physics. There was really high energy but I've never come across even some of the physical phenomena that I have experienced. Um, but it's also outside what you two are familiar with, and we're really talking with, uh, you know, Bill, you were the, um, the, the your full title, say it, uh, that was the technical director for the... I was, uh, I was the technical director for the World Geopolitical and Military Analysis and Reporting. That was about 6,000 analysts for them. Yeah, and, and basically you, you said to me that you have never really, you know, come across anything that would have indicated this targeting program or the detailed weapons that we use. You were kind of in, in charge of watching nuclear, you know, stockpiles and stuff, right? Well, but the, we didn't know at the time, though, that the, the Russians were targeting our embassy personnel in Moscow with microwave radiation. So, and of course, you 
because of recent stuff with Havana, Cuba, and our embassy down there. So we didn't know that certain things were happening yet. And I mean, you know, this is also when I when I talk to Kirk, I should say that Kirk um, has uh, quite a lot of experience as a ham radio operator, so he's really, you know, on top of uh, anything to do with measurements and picking up uh, radio signals and antenna systems. And still, when we discussed, you know, I, I think it's said the same track, right, that uh, the kind of phenomenon we're talking about is not something that even maybe, you know, experts like you would have come across as yourself. No, that's right, because um, in, in the natural world, uh, we're familiar with, with emissions. But when you have uh, human efforts to deceive or hide emissions, you have to look uh, outside the box, so to speak, and, and have a very open mind to alternate types of uh, energy transmission. As you say, uh, sonic is one, radio frequency is another. They're two different phenomena and uh, must be detected differently. Um, and so, yeah, that's the challenge. And uh, we're not there yet. As Bill mentioned, still a hard problem, which I might say, since your audience is sizable, all of you, uh, we would ask if you have hard evidence, anything available to support our next phase of supporting the uh, TI community, please make it available to us. Uh, we need more anecdotal stories are good. But they're not final in, the, in terms of scientific proof. So anything, anything that you might have, we encourage you to contact uh, Catherine Morton and uh, to submit it uh, and make it available. And we promise to keep it confidential, by the way. Um, so this is one thing I, I want to say is that uh, Bill mentioned the uh, affidavit under oath. Um, that we, we ask victims to supply for, for the court case if they want to take part in the court case and they want to um, you know testify about these um, these crimes and um, you know also the evidence that's being submitted now it very much depends um, I have received some evidence from victims I can't put everything into this particular court case in the first instance but that's not even necessary because what really all the victims need in the court case they are the main However, any supporting evidence that I can provide to this court will back up my case and will help to establish that these crimes are really going on and that we need a court mechanism to stop them. Now, as I want to really emphasize the confidentiality here because this was a very, very important topic for me when I was collecting the affidavits under oath. So, um, I, if, if I may, I just would like to share my screen to show people where the, uh, they can get the affidavit template that we're using at the moment and that have produced some results. And then I also would like to point out how they can send the evidence. But the bottom line is that the only people who would ever look at the affidavits that are submitted and the evidence are us three. So this is not shared with anybody right. at all. So neither Bill, Kirk, nor I share your private information with anybody out there. Um, for the affidavits that are submitted uh, as part of the, um, the affidavit collection, I uh, anonymized them and I published them in, uh, anonymously. And I'll show you how I do that so that nobody's identity can be revealed. 
and then to submit them for my court case, I have to use them with full information, which is name, address, and the photo ID where the serial number is blacked out, so that's the copy I used for identification. But all of this just stays with me, it isn't shared with third parties. However, as every victim knows and every person on the planet knows by now, probably, everything you send digitally will be intercepted by NSA and will be shared with GCHQ and a bunch of others. So none of our data is actually private. But then again, when you are uh, going to the doctor and have an x-ray taken, most people don't realize that actually their data between the x-ray machine and the doctor's office is very often sent over, not just an internal network, but the internet. That's how the devices are set up. So in a sense, your x-ray before it reaches uh, your doctor is already sent to NSA and stored forever. So what I'm trying always to say to victims is your privacy is super important and we're doing our best. But remember that not even your doctor can guard your privacy under the current circumstances. So be paranoid and be protective about your identity, but don't be so paranoid that it stops you from actually, uh, you know, helping and As we are concerned, it's really just any information that's sent to us stays in our email inboxes, gets downloaded as a backup to our computers and stays with us. It's not shared with any third parties. There are no other people involved here. Now, I would like to share my screen and um, for those people who are, who are new and haven't filled out an affidavit yet, I would like to show you uh, the work that I have done in the past. And. Um, I should also say, so here's the, um, let me share the website. Um, so I'm trying to get back to Zoom. Okay. So um, you can get, uh, is this visible? Can you see this? It's jointinvestigation.org, and the JIT is the joint investigation team between US and Europe um, related to directed energy weapons, military neural slash biotechnology, and systemic corruption. Now, this is a team that I started a long time ago, and that is really what I drew the um, affidavit templates on, um, what I designed the affidavit template for. And this team started um, in the older days, it included um, Karen Melton Stewart and NSA whistleblower, Dr. Millicent Black, Melanie Richard, Ralph Moller Dalmaraj, and myself. And we had the Techno Crime Fighters Forum as a weekly update. Now, in the background, I started this affidavit survey, and then the joint investigation team members left, and I was left to uh, continue the affidavit survey on my own. So um, now, here on the joint investigation team uh, website under appeals, this was the appeal for affidavits, okay? And the first link, appeal for victim affidavits, contains the template that you can download and fill out. And the second one, international affidavit, are the already submitted responses. So what I ask victims to do is go here to appeal for affidavits, and here is a PDF um, that you can, uh, you know, click on and actually see what the survey looks like. So here's the PDF, and I'll get back to this. But I want to point out that you cannot fill out the PDF. You have to download um, the editable format, which is this one here in the middle. That's an open office format. An open office is like Microsoft Word, uh, but it's for free and it's available on all platforms. So Android, Windows, um, Mac, and, um, and Linux systems, okay? 
So I asked um, victims to fill it out in the open office format, convert it to PDF when they are finished, and send me the final result. I also uh, if, yeah. If I'm if I'm uh, understanding, uh, they fill it out in open office. Yeah. Uh, do they save it as PDF or do they save it as open office format and then convert it? And if that's the case, how do they convert? So when you open, um, so when you open the Open Office Writer application, it looks just like Microsoft Word, virtually identical. And you fill it out in Open Office, and you save it in Open Office as you're editing it. And as the final step, there's a little PDF button, and if you print it, that converts it into a format where your results can't be modified afterwards. It's just the PDF of the final results. And I basically ask victims to send me that. So when you say printed, you're not literally printing it on your computer. It's sort of like save as PDF. Exactly, save as PDF, yes. Gotcha. Um, and, and sorry, I use the word print because sometimes when you um, print, use the print function on a website, it allows you to send it to a printer or say print the PDF, in which case it appears as a file on your computer. Exactly. So when people do that, they have the open office format, which they can always go back to and edit. But when everything is complete, um, then I ask them to uh, please, you know, press that button at the top and then convert it to PDF and send me the PDF version because the PDF version can't be modified by me by accident and so on. So their results are, you know, safe. I would like to point out a few more things that are very, very important for the victims to know. Everything that you need to know is summarized in, in this document here called the explanatory notes, okay? And there, you don't have to read the whole thing, but if you have a question, it's probably answered in here. There's a quick guide for how to fill it out and, and, and. But at the very bottom, okay, the things you need to know is that there are screenshots. Hang on, let me get to the screenshots that explain basically um, here. Here's a screenshot that shows you how to convert your document into a PDF, what it looks like, what to press. But also at the very end of all this, I'm, I basically sign this document. And what I'm saying in this document is legally binding. So in this document, I explain what the survey is being used for. I have written it and that I will only use the answers that I get for my court case, in that case, full answers and otherwise to analyze the crimes being committed okay but that's in an anonymized form all right and what I want victims to know is when they fill out the affidavit template and send it back to me they have this document with my signature on that this is what I use their data for nothing else this isn't a data harvesting operation or something like that so I wanted to give um, people this sort of uh, assurance but furthermore um, on the document that the victims fill out themselves, let me, oops, there's a PDF version here that's easy to view, I included the raw data. On the front page, this is what the affidavit start looks like when you fill it out. Here you write your full name, okay, and then the very first paragraph is an oath that you're saying the truth in this affidavit, okay, and then below that, this section called permissions for use, this is a legally binding test of a statement about how you give permission for your data to be used, okay? And it basically says that you're granting permission to me as the founder and lead investigator of the joint investigation team to use your affidavit 
without limitation in support of my court case, and that you grant um, permission to um, me and the joint investigation.